0: Hello and welcome to StarCast for February 2nd, 2023. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope, among other things. Here with a second edition looking at the Leo full moon, uh, which takes place Sunday at 25 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please uh, correct that to your own time zone. Um, This is my second uh, podcast about the Leo full moon, and uh, I don't have notes from the first one, so I'm going to just start over and describe this aspect pattern as um, basically as I can. I've also covered it in a new Planet Waves article that will be appearing in the subscriber feed pretty soon, and uh, will make its way onto the front page of planetwaves.net at some point uh, later on tonight. Now, before I get into the full moon chart, which is uh, very much a factor in the foreground, it's a bright, shiny thing that we can see, and it's an especially exciting uh, aspect pattern, given that the sun and the moon make a 90-degree aspect to Uranus, which can precipitate all kinds of unexpected things and um, ideas and, and breakthroughs. Um, there's a couple of really important things going on in the background that I want to bring forward a little bit so we remember what's really happening in the longer run. And the most important of those is Pluto entering Aquarius on March 23rd. So we haven't had an outer planet uh, sign change since Uranus entered uh, Taurus and Chiron entered Aries back in 2018, so so that's uh, almost five years ago. And and these outer planet sign changes don't happen that often, particularly with Pluto, um, which most recently changed signs back in 2008. Uh, so the Pluto in Capricorn era is wrapping up, <laughs> um, which seemed to be this um, glorified era of. Essentially, banking fraud and banking disasters. Which major story of uh, of the of the last uh, fifteen years did not involve the world banking system, or in some way in, involve macroeconomics? Of course, this has had a, a little bit of a trickle down to the microeconomics, such as uh, being able to buy groceries. And so, this uh, sign change of Pluto is just. Um, it is behind everything right now, and it is likely to come with all kinds of unexpected changes. Um, it's a fairly radical change in the environment to have Pluto change signs at all, um, much less to go from um, a, a cardinal Earth sign to a fixed air sign. Um, so it's changing elements. It's changing um, uh, what are called uh, quadruplicities, and also um, the environment shifts from the physical brick and mortar world of Capricorn, and and Pluto lands in the um, the ethereal um, mental electrical world of Aquarius, uh, and the the world of Aquarius is also more social, but the social world has now been inextricably stitched in to the electronic world. And so essentially our whole lives are lived through the electronic world, but Aquarius in particular describes something about the social nature of um, of, of existence, which is a very, very important dimension of existence, uh, arguably having a predominance over almost all others. Then um, we are not done with Mars retrograde. Mars retrograde itself ended on January 12th, three weeks ago, approximately. Um, But Mars is still very slowly making its way across Gemini. And there, there is kind of a, uh, a second ending and maybe even a, a second and a third ending of Mars retrograde um, when it makes its um, third and final square to Neptune, and that is on the 14th of March. And so March is a very eventful month um, that includes Saturn leaving Aquarius and entering Pisces, followed by the third square of uh, Mars to Neptune, followed by Pluto entering Aquarius and Mars entering Cancer right around the same time, um, within some days or so, a day or two, very close. So several major events coming up at once, and everything that we see in the foreground has that looming behind it. So, not to be too distracted by these kind of obvious um th- things going on uh, um but remember that uh, there's a lot happening in the background and as is typical in human experience uh the the, the events of March may blindside people they may uh be very surprising uh, and that will be inevitably with considerable warning and caution and discussion of uh, of of what was happening, but that is typically discounted or ignored or or counted as, uh, you know, conspiracy theory. Now, the problem is that we are uh, in a phase where uh, almost everything you hear, not only from the mainstream media, but now from the entire alternate plane, of reality is untrue. By untrue, I mean unfounded in the truth. It may seem true. It may seem scary. It may seem well-presented, well-argued. However, um, it is not. There are holes and flaws and um, major issues with uh, a lot of the versions of things that uh, that you are seeing. We here see dozens and dozens of articles a, a day go by and very few of them uh, actually have their feet on the ground, and even fewer go through any kind of a formal editorial process. Uh, Essentially, nearly all of the alternative media at this point, nearly all, there's some large organizations that are doing a real good job of putting out systemic bullshit, but most of the alternative media is now people who can just push send And uh, where there was no review to the work, there was no structured research and fact-checking process. There's just a lot of people, many of whom have letters after the name, just spouting off and uh, swearing on a stack of Bibles for giving you the unvarnished truth. This is, I think, going to be involved in the final act of, of Mars square Neptune there there is something here calling for the resolution of conscious deception and self-deception of which mars square neptune is famous it is in this respect very self-destructive because it under the influence of this aspect people are so inclined to believe things that uh, that merely sound good to some aggressive part of their brain uh, but but are not in any way um, real or, or worth repeating. So please bear that in mind. Now, the the full moon chart is a very exciting chart. As as I mentioned, one of its main features is the moon and the sun square to the planet Uranus. Um, th- that is uh, always expect the unexpected. Whenever you see strong aspects to Uranus, particularly opposition and square, that is saying um, that you you you're not yet exactly thinking about the thing that is the most likely to occur so let's see let's see if that pans out uh, as i've been complaining about on a regular basis one of the conditions of living in this entirely digital environment is that now no one can tell what is important and what is not no one can tell what is meaningful what is going to have impact because everything is presented as the most important story that ever happened. And this is a good way to engage people's cortisol addiction, which is pretty much what we are we are living through when we are plugged in to mainstream media in any way. But I have to say, I am really impressed by the uh, extent to which all of these bloggers and sub-stackers and so forth are are um are spouting um you know utter garbage it's re- it is really dismaying that after 3 years much of the progress that we have made toward um a a wider embrace of reality in some way has been replaced by uh, by a whole bunch of static and, and a whole bunch of noise anyway I'll, i will stop saying that for now and uh and get back to the astrology so we have this surprise aspect now moon, sun, square Uranus. Now, that's a T-square, and when there's a T-square, you always want to look at what's going on in the open leg of the T-square. So that would be right in the middle of the fixed sign Scorpio. Since we have activity in Aquarius, Taurus, and Leo, that leaves Scorpio open, and it turns out there's a few things going on, too highly spiritualizing uh, influences. One is a trans-Neptunian point called Poseidon. It's a, it's a hypothetical planet. It's got about a 740-year orbit. Uh, its um, It doesn't have a body, so it exists only in the minds of astrologers and astrology software and as an idea. But these points have been used for well over a century, and they are fairly well established by some astrologers though it would seem a dwindling number, and then an asteroid called Iris. uh, That is the goddess of rainbows, properly called Arc Iris, and she is a goddess messenger of the gods. And so unlike Mercury, uh, regarded as a bit of a trickster, um, she is about um, delivering a more hopeful and um, let's say visionary message, which comes in the form of a rainbow. And then uh, there, there is a point from Zulu mythology, a distant planet out in the Kuiper belt was named after it. And, and this point is a fertility goddess, but is also of assistance in making decisions. And if there are going to be decisions to be made, they're going to have to be made quickly um, because the sun and moon are square Uranus, which picks up the pace of things considerably. Okay, so that is that is the basic grand cross aspect. Now, another is that Mercury is making a simultaneous sextile to Neptune, so that you could count as clear intuition or grounded intuition and a simultaneous to that square, to Eris, which is more like that has more shock value. It, it is more uh, also subversive. And so there's a question here of what you're going to allow to influence your decisions, and I would strongly suggest that you stick into the realm of, of grounded intuition rather than what would appear to be in any way shocking and dramatic it it seems to me from the look of this chart and i've been studying this chart now for weeks that the the flashy um let's see how do i say this the flashy things that seem designed to get your attention are the things that contain the least information and the things speaking softly the things that are um whispering to you intuitively and trying to get your attention and probably have been trying to get it for a while, are going to be the more reliable sources of um of, of information. All right, that is what I have to say to you. Again, there's a new article uh, that we're leaving open to all Readers, um, I finished it about an hour and a half ago and put in a whole bunch of beautiful illustrations by Lanvi, The Aquarius Studio reading is done. That's advertised various places. Any Planet Waves mailing will have a link to that. And it's also under Get a Reading on the planetwaves.net homepage. Inner Space is waiting for you. We're an astrology consultancy. We have all kinds of really beautiful products that are Designed to deliver professional astrology at a very modest cost, and I remain available to answer any questions uh, you have or um, to, um, you know, bounce something off of. All right, signing off uh, for the day. Uh, this wraps up this week's uh, PlanetWaves.net activities. I'll catch you on PlanetWaves FM on Friday night. Thanks for listening, and stay in touch.